everybody, it's Joe Lorenzo with Society Talks. I am here with the lovely Brittany Campbell. Hi, Brittany, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I should mention, we're not together. We're still doing the COVID quarantine, not quarantine essentially, but she, you know, we're remote. She's where she is and I'm where I am. We're not together. Um, hopefully soon we will be in person, but let's start there. How have you done through all of this through the last year, through the COVID-19 pandemic? Oh my God. Sometimes I feel like I don't even remember what happened the last 365 <laughs> days. Um, but honestly, if I, if I look back at it, even though 2020 was crazy and in many ways, um, a shit storm, um, mm -hmm. it gave me like a, a much needed break just like to check in with where I was emotionally, mentally, all those things and kind of like tap in um, to where it was at. So Cre I don't know. Creatively too, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it like, because of everything that was going on in the world, it sort of ultimately gave me kind of new purpose as an artist. It put a lot of stuff into perspective and yeah, it, it kind of re-energized me in a way. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because actually I would say majority of the people that I, I do talk to say the same thing. It, it, it I don't want to say that it forced you guys to sort of become more creative or write more or sing more or dance or whatever or act more, whatever it may be, it, it, but it gave you liberty to sit in your pajamas all day and write all day or it gave you liberty to, you know, just sit in a space and be creative for periods of time that you didn't necessarily have pre pre pandemic. Would you agree? Right. Right. Cause you're sort of like in the rat race of things. Yep. Like, you know, I would stack my days with, you know, a million appointments and you know, what have you. And, you know, it actually took some time for me to be productive. I think at first I, you know, just was kind of sad and kind of, you know, confused about everything that was mm -hmm. happening. Um, but slowly but surely, you know, I got hit with, with some inspiration and, you know, we just happened yeah. to have the time. <laughs> so, yeah, we all yeah. did. Yeah. I have yeah. to say the same for me at the, in the beginning, I was like, oh gosh, this, first of all, I, I didn't really, um, I don't know what to, what to say. I, was like, I wasn't taking it as seriously. Not that I was like going out without a mask or anything. I just, oh, me neither, honey. I was like, wait, this is about to be done in like two weeks. <laughs> like same thing. Yes. <laughs> I literally booked a trip to, so this was, right, it was beginning of March, but I was talking to my one of my best friends. I said, let's just go to, like, Tulum for Memorial Day weekend, which is, yeah. like, this will be totally over by then, and we're going to need a vacation. Ugh, cut to over a year later. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. me. Literally, I just, when, uh, when I sort of heard about, you know, COVID and the, the numbers rising, I just come back from Joshua Tree and my friend was mm. like, what do you think about COVID? Like, do you think it's serious? I was like, no, baby, this is about to blow over. Right. I think we just need to set our sights on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> <Lo> and behold, <laughs> here we are. Crazy. We literally did not know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, so let's start at the beginning and then I want to get into all the fabulous things. I know you've got an amazing album. I know you, you know, you're an actress, um, animator, all these um, activists, which is some stuff I want to talk to you about. I sit on the board of the LA LGBT Center, so I want to talk, chat with you about oh. that stuff too as well. But let's start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up, Brittany? Grew up Brooklyn, New York. All right. East Coast. 
East Coast, baby. Yeah. And when did you, did you come to Los Angeles? I moved here a little under two years ago. Okay. Now. now, how does it somebody from Brooklyn fare in Los Angeles? Do you drive? I do drive. Let me let me be real though. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let me not <laughs> let me not lie on this good interview. I <laughs> you know, I came up in New York and so, you know, driving is not a necessity at all. Yes. So when I came out here, I got to tell you I was a little freaked out by these freeways and the byways and mm -hmm. you know, the crazy people driving, so it has taken me a while. <laughs> Oh, to yeah. get into the rhythm of things but yes i am driving i mean the other day i mean can i tell you a story yeah um <laughs> so yeah it's taken me a while to get into the swing of driving and the other day i you know had my first gig in a while at vans and it was downtown la and i live in east la and I was like, you know what? I'm about to drive. It's about to be fine because, you know, sometimes downtown LA can be madness. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm about to drive because I'm about to be late for this gig. And like, let me just, <laughs> just go there. Oh, gosh. I, <laughs> I'm good. Like, it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm like about five minutes away from the gig. And I hit this intersection. And like, I have, you know, sometimes when you... <laughs> I feel like I'm 16 whenever I tell this story, but sometimes when you have to make a left turn at an intersection with a lot of cars, you know, it's like, oh my God, when do I go? Where do I go? Right. So I inch in, I inch into the intersection and the light turns red and I can feel that everybody is paused because I'm in the middle there and I, you know, I take a slight breath and I turn, but you know, it's mayhem because like cars have started moving and then the second after I've gotten into the lane, I hear boop. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> My ass gets pulled over. Ugh. Thank God for this cop. I was literally like, the cop came out and he was like, do you know why I pulled you over? I was like, yeah, man, let me tell you, I grew up in New York. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you the story. Okay. I am not used to driving. And he just like cackled with me and thankfully let me off without a ticket. But like, honey, the struggle it's, is real. It's almost like New Yorkers should have, and I'm, I grew up in the East coast, but not right in Brooklyn or Manhattan or anything, but it's almost like, you, you know, New Yorkers should have a placard or should have something on their <laughs> Grew up in New York. Right. They're like, because <laughs> it's not for lack of the fact that, you know, you're not like, okay, well, I, I want to drive out here. It's fine, whatever. It's just that you just, it's not a necessity. You yeah. Know, you grew up. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's like it's definitely put me in like a different mindset when I, when I'm traveling. I realize like I just really love to zone out and like driving. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Like, and yeah. so yeah, well, that's what's great about the train. So, and I've taken the train here. It's not the the transportation that you are used to, uh, obviously in New York. But I, you, when I was with my ex partner, um, I moved into what's called Inland Empire. So I moved further right. out of the city. And I would travel in, but I would I would not drive. I would take the train because for me, I was able to get work done. I was able to text or email or whatever on my phone, all that kind of yeah. stuff. But sitting in traffic, you can't do that stuff. Right. We kind of have to stay focused, which is yeah. like, yeah, just not the mindset that I'm used to. I love how you said that sort in. of like, like sort of upset about it. You have to stay focused. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I'm mortified. I'm so upset about it. Every time I get in the car, I'm upset that I have to focus for the next hour. I love it. I love it. Well, when, 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 when were you bit by now? So I know that you're an actor and you are a singer, songwriter, or artist, or B artist. What came first, and when did you get the bug? Oh man, I mean, I've been, um, you know, singing, you know, professionally since I was five. Oh wow! So I don't know. It just sort of like came came to me. I mean, I remember moments where like I I heard Whitney Houston on the radio and I just kind of like fell in love with her voice but it what ultimately ended up happening is that my music teacher um in elementary school like asked me to bring in my mom one day and I thought I was in trouble and I I brought my mom in and you know they talked for a while and it turned out that she had signed me up for this opera competition at Carnegie Hall and she was just like you know she has a voice I just like really believe in her and you know I didn't my mother is from Jamaica you know my family's from Jamaica I I, you know was a little girl I had no idea about the classical music world or anything like that but you know my mom sort of hustled and found um a voice teacher to get me ready for the competition I ended up placing and then I got recruited into the Metropolitan Opera and then the rest was sort of history what from there what huh? age what age was that uh by the time i had placed it, i was like six years old wow and, yeah that's amazing that's awesome yeah it was definitely Wait, insane you played the met when you were six years old well i had i gotten recruited and i did my first show there at seven so wow. yeah oh yeah I mean, do you even remember how intimidating that was? Or was it just because you're seven, you're like, well, this is now I just have to, fuck it, I just have to show up. And you know what I mean? It's yeah, like- I mean, honestly, like, it didn't, I was a very shy kid. And I remember moments, um, like, singing in intimate settings where I literally would have to turn my my back to people. But for some reason, like, singing in the, in the Met on that big stage wasn't an issue like I just I loved hearing music in that way I loved how big everything felt it just I don't know it just felt good I don't know (laughs) it's it's interesting that you say that because I do feel I work with kids a lot and I feel like kids are a little they're just uninhibited you know right I think when we get older is when all of the other influences um either make us nervous or they make us shy or they make us reserved or they make us more boisterous, whatever it may be. But I think as a kid, you're just sort of like, all right, I got to do this. This is my, yeah. my mom holding here. You know, that kind as of a thing. kid, there's a sort of like no fear and it's yeah. like, you know, all fun and it's all curious and there's just so many questions and you're just open, you yep. know? So, yeah. yeah. So from there now, um, I know that you're in a band um, with uh, Candace, and I know that you've got you guys got an album which I want to ch- chat about. But from there, obviously, from seven years old, what made you? Well, let's say because you, I know that you're saying you're an R and B artist. What made you say okay, R and B? Was it Whitney Houston? Was it a specific artist? What pointed you in that direction? Well, geez, I mean, I've always um, just had a, a fascination with music in general. I mm-hmm. listened to all sorts of stuff growing up and my dad um was also a dj and my mom is like a huge uh, you know music lover so they made it a point to show me uh 
you know, a bunch of stuff. Um, but I didn't really come to making music probably until I was in my senior year of college. Like oh, wow. I, you know, I played guitar by then and, and, you know, I would compose, you know, instrumentals and stuff like that, but I never attempted to write songs until then. And then when I did, you know, I would only really show it to my mother who mm-hmm. ended up sending it to a friend. Um, and through that, I met this producer, Rich Keller, who at the time was, you know, one of the biggest um, engineers in the industry. And I ended up having a production deal with him right after I, I graduated. And that kind of like hurtled me into the music industry scene and, you know, mm-hmm. set me on that path. And you had done some Broadway, correct? Yeah, by then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you, I mean, is that something that you miss? Because obviously we all know that Broadway and stage and group gatherings and things like that, is is that a part of, um, you know, the COVID pandemic that gets to you? Do you miss that part of it? I mean, I definitely... I miss performing in general. Like, you know, I, before the pandemic, I think I was performing at least like, you know, twice a week out here. So yeah, I mean, I get definitely itchy and definitely get the blues about that um, from time to time. And it's just like always in the back of my mind. And then in terms of like theater. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of miss more so going to theater. Me too. You know what I mean? Like, I miss that community of people. I miss the thrill of seeing a show. I miss seeing my friends on stage, you know? I've seen a lot of shows, and I I, the same thing. I do. But did you see, they just announced yesterday, the day before that, the first production to actually go back in, which is going to be a tour, it's starting in Dallas, which I don't know why they're doing it this way, but is Wicked. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That doesn't actually surprise me at all. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's... That's amazing. I mean, well, the the production doesn't surprise me. I just didn't know why they were starting it in Dallas. In Dallas, tour. yeah, because yeah. the production doesn't surprise me because you know they're making the movie. So right. with me, I was like, well, obviously that's probably, you know, it's it's there's that synergy there. That's why. But to me, I was like, nothing against Dallas. Everybody out there who's from Dallas, I actually like it there. But I just, for me, I mean, you know, New York's the mecca. So I right. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like a numbers thing or maybe it's like people's maybe. comfortability with like being together in the same space like that. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But I'm excited for that to come back. One, for people such as yourself to maybe get back on stage and have that have, have that platform. But also just like the I, I get sad for like the crew and the people behind the scenes that have suffered, you know? Yeah, there's just so many jobs. So many jobs were lost in this. And, you know, I feel like because it's the arts and, you know, this is America, a lot of people um, don't give value to, like, the many hands, the many minds that it takes to make something like this happen. It just seems like, you know, art was the first thing to fall to the wayside. And I hope that when everything comes back like there's just a little bit more value placed on things like that you know I would hope as well because I always 
hated, I hate to use that word, but I hated that, you know, it wasn't as valued in the school system and some school systems were taking it out and things like that. And that, and then it did very, it was sort of apropos during this where it was the biggest industry that suffered because it was very yeah. difficult to go and put it online and everything. So right. I agree with you. Um, and I just find it so interesting, like, you know, and I've, I've had talks with several people about this, like, just in terms of how the arts, how entertainment has helped people's mental state stay afloat during COVID, like, you know, just even by way of just consuming TV, you know what I mean? Like how right. it's kind of like <laughs> been there, been the only thing that people could really latch onto during right. this time and yep. for it to be so undervalued is so strange. So. Now, I have a question because there's a few that I want to chat about, um, Mermaid being one, but there's a song um, called Matter. Yeah. And so was that first released before anything on um, having to do with Mermaid or is that part of it? Um, no, it was just, a, uh, you know, because I, I have my own my own music. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, Matter, Matter came to me obviously when the black lives matter movement started resurfacing again after mm -hmm. you know after the murder of george floyd mm -hmm. and just like the the conversations that i was having with people and uh all the confusion around it and uh, you, you know confusion what do you mean well like friends you know like <laughs> friends who are not people of color not knowing what to do or not knowing what mm -hmm. to say or expressing you know, anger, like a lot of us have parents that are not necessarily <laughs> where we are, right. you know, socially. And so there was, I mean, there's a lot of division happening within families and stuff like that. Um, even, you know, within my own family, you know, being a first generation American versus, you know, people who come from a, a predominantly black country where their issues are more socioeconomic rather than, you know, racially charged. Right. Um, you know, uh, you know, there were just like some deep ass conversations that yeah. were had. And so the song matter, I'm not, I'm not going to lie at the time I wrote it because I was just so frustrated. I was so, I was so angry. Um, and I was so angry that people were sort of fighting against being open or being empathetic. Um, you know, to people that don't necessarily have their mindset on, on either side. And so matter, you know, just kind of came out of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can attest to that a little bit. I a hundred percent, I, I believe in the movement. I, uh, I, well, I'm half Cuban, half Italian. So I guess on the surface, technically I'm not white, but look, to look at me, I, I look, friggin' Jewish. I don't look like, you know what I mean? I don't look right. like the same thing. But my ex was black of seven years and, or is black, I shouldn't say was, but, um, and so we had conversations, even though we're ex now, but, um, right. and, and like my father loves him to death and, but still my dad wasn't getting the movement. He wasn't understanding why people were so upset. And so I understand kind of what you mean, use the word frustration. I had that yeah. as well because yeah. I just felt like, you're not listening, you know? And I think that was the biggest thing that I was saying to even to my white friends and, uh, you know, just saying, all you have to do is listen, just yeah. listen, 
you know, and, and, and have some, like you said, empathy towards what they're going, to, you know, because that's that part of that white privilege that you have no idea. So right. listen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, I think, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people were saying, yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand mm -hmm. it. Well, okay. Like nobody, I don't think anybody, um, expects anyone to understand something that they don't know, you know, right. an experience that they haven't had. So well, yeah, the only thing that you can do in that situation is to like open up mm -hmm. and, and yeah, listen, <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. Sim, not this, they're not similar, but the, it was when prop eight was happening and I had done like this quick little sort of thing where I spliced all these people, um, like little testimonials, like, what do you think about this, et cetera. And I, the underlying, um, basically what almost everybody says, said was, um, it's the fear of the unknown because a lot of people didn't know how this would affect, you know, because maybe they didn't know somebody who was gay or whatever. Right. And it's, it's, it's similar in that right of somebody in middle America that maybe just like, maybe they have one black family on the block or they have, right. you know, so it's not necessary. So it's like that fear of the unknown kind of thing as, as, as opposed to straight out racism from which there's a lot of, but I'm just saying like, there's also the, the people that are just not dare I say as woke, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also the idea like of, you know, I agree with you with the fear of the unknown, but it's mm -hmm. also the idea of the fear of the unknown threatening your existence. Like, I don't right. know why that, why the unknown means. Right. Yeah. Like, right. why does the unknown equate to like, oh, my existence is now challenged. Like, right. that's yeah. not necessarily the truth. Well, you know? it's, that's, that's what I, I like, I try to say to people that I know that I'm like, look, just because you give these people, this group, this marginalized group or whatever it is, more rights doesn't mean that you have to remove some of yours. Right. Like, that's not how the, the society works. It doesn't mean, you know, because we should be giving them more rights and this and that, whatever, even women's equality, whatever it is, equal pay. That doesn't mean that you then have to give up a right so that someone else can have one. Like, right. I don't understand how people don't understand that, but that is a big debate and conversation that's happening these days. Yeah, I mean, I think it always it always seems to come into play. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately, right, we should all just be going towards as much liberation as we right. all can have. We should right. be making as much space for each other right. as humanly possible. It's not about like a, a balancing scale in that way where like we're giving and then we're taking away. Right. It shouldn't right. really work like that. Right. I agree. So, but I do want to talk about what the, um, now you've gone into and you have a band. Is it called Mermaid? Yeah, it's called Mermaid. Yay. Let's <laughs> chat a little bit about that. And can I, I, I hope I can say this, that you've started it with your girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Hi. What's her name? Um, Candace. Candace Quarles. All right. Um, hi, Candace. Um, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that and why you decided to start this band. Well, it actually came out. Okay, well, the band formed before we got together, and it okay honestly just organically happened. You know, I I came into the cast, and she had already been there for about a year. Um, and you know, we didn't you really came into the cast. Cast of what? Oh, cast of Hamilton. Sorry, we met. Oh, okay. We okay. met That's while doing met. Hamilton. Yeah, got it. Okay, got it. 
And she had been in Hamilton for about a year, and I had joined the cast. Um, and we actually didn't speak to each other for the first two months of me being there. I don't know why. We had just both made the decision that we weren't going to speak to each other. And um, finally, I just so happened to have a show, and we had we had been hearing each other sing in rehearsals, obviously. And I was like, wow, our voices like really have like this weird, like they're oddly similar and they blend so well. And I had had a show and I was like, Hey, would you be into singing like a few songs with me? And she was like, yeah, yeah. And so through that, we started hanging out and yeah, we kind of fell in love with each other's voices and we became really close as friends and then that got really weird but as we you know as we were getting closer and closer we started playing around with making our own music um and you know we are also like you know we're falling in love in the background of that and so that was coming out in the music and uh you know, finally we decided like, hey, like maybe we should make this a real thing. We should, uh, you know, you know, try and, you know, make this uh, a real band. And our friend was like, you guys, whenever you guys say you guys sound like sirens, like mermaids. And we we're like, we'll take that. <laughs> That'll be our <laughs> name. Um, and I don't know, the rest, the rest was history. I mean, the love story is kind it's like the friendship slash love behind it is what made the music happen. I hate to sound all like well, ooey gooey, but it's the no, truth but of it. Probably, <laughs> if, no, but that's the, I think that's, that has truth in acting. It has truth in a lot of things It made it more rich. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you know, you know, you more obviously weren't faking it. And so probably a lot of those lyrics are very true, even though maybe at the time you didn't know it, but you discovered it through that. You yeah. Know? I think that's For great. Sure. Now, Talk to me about, for this, there is a GoFundMe page, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, where can they see that? First of all, is there a website? Uh, yeah, there's a website. It's mermaidband.com, and okay. you can definitely access the GoFundMe from there. But okay. yeah, we're we're trying to raise money to, to make our first album. I think okay. it's, like, really exciting music because we combine, like, R&B, we combine folk elements, we combine rock elements. We're mm -hmm. working with really, really um, cool producers. Uh, our executive, our executive producer is Sam Hoffman, who works a lot with Mariba. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just really, really, it's a really cool, really cool perspective, really cool clashing of genres. It's um. It's exciting. So it's mermaidband.com and yes. the GoFundMe can be found over there. And then yes. also, I'm assuming you have social media? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at mermaid.band. Mermaid uh, the same band. thing for Twitter. Okay. All the things. So now, and then there's, an, uh, so you, we have this side of it, which is, so, a lot of people think that just actors can, all actors can sing or all singers can act, and, <laughs> you know, and I don't, I don't, obviously I don't think that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think, I mean, I think Andra Day right now is giving everybody a run for her, their money on that, on that 
front, but yeah. it's not true for everyone, you know? And, um, but it, it is true for you. So you have a film, I believe, right? Do you have a short film in Outfest? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's it called? Um, it's called Ollie's on the Moon. Okay. But the way that I got into Outfest was actually through uh, an animated music video I did for my song Champion. Um, and Outfest just so happened to have a short, because that's what I do. I animate music videos. I've never really had done a a film per se you know what i mean mm -hmm. and outfest just so happened to have uh, a film competition where they're like oh yeah just make like a you know use your cameras make a one minute short film about manifesting joy and at the time i was making all these animated loops i don't even know why what why i was driven to do it but i was making all these these loops probably because i was just like i need to like escape i need my head is my head wants to be in the clouds and I was making all these, these like fantastical, whimsical, uh, you know, escapist loops. Uh -huh. And I turned to Candace when, when they had announced that they were having the competition. And I was like, I, I want to piece something together and make, you know, this one minute short. Will you write some poetry? Cause she writes poetry. Will you write some poetry to it? And she was like, sure. And, you know, we kind of did it in, 48 hours and made it and it ended up winning wow yeah awesome. so, yeah it ended up winning an award and so it'll be played in the i think i believe they have another uh film festival in august so mm -hmm. it'll be played again on the big screen I did actually outfest. I went. I didn't do anything in it. Believe me, I'm not a, the creative <laughs> prowess that you have. Um, but I went, and I was so excited. Um, and I went to see. I got invited by a friend of mine, and they said it's a drive-in at Calamigos Ranch. Yeah. And I was so excited. I was like, Oh god, okay, this is the new thing. This is what's going to be happening. Cool. And then it didn't really. I did. I mean, I'm, we're coming up on this. You know, the the, the year, and so I, right. I don't know how they're going to do it this August, but. I thought it was going to be like this at what Outfest did um, when I, it was a really amazing documentary called burn this letter. Right. PS burn this letter. And um, I thought I was like, Oh, this is going to be the start of like, you know, how a lot of uh, films are going to be shown and this and that or whatever. And it didn't really catch on the drive-in thing. Oh, really? I mean, they did it again. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out in August. They, when they did this Outfest, um, they did it, you know, drive-in style, obviously, be definitely because yeah. of COVID. And it, it had a pretty good turnout. And there were some, like, really interesting films that played there. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how August goes. Oh, there was a huge turnout, I have to say. And I, I'm, I'm evil for laughing at this. But the, the funniest part to me was everyone's car died at the end. Wait, like, no! <laughs> I'm dead, I'm dead serious. So there was a guy, there was one guy, I'm telling you there was probably a couple hundred people in this in this lot. I mean, it was huge. And so my car, I mean, not everyone's, but a lot of people's. And it was like hard for me to even get out. And so mine automatically shuts off. So we I, we just ended up using our phones because yeah. mine's one of those cars that just like shuts off at, the, at a red light or whatever. And so, oh yeah, this guy was running around with like a portable charger trying to get everybody charged. And they didn't, and then there was like a memo that went out afterwards, a couple of days later, I had seen it and it said, here's how we try to avoid it. And I forget what it said, but to me, that was just the, I was like, these guys did not plan ahead. Everyone was just excited to get out. <laughs> 
and get you know to sort of have the camaraderie or whatever. And they didn't realize that yeah, if you have your car not on but like in that other mode for two hours, it's gonna die. That is hilarious. I yeah. guess that's why like when I've been to drive drive drive-ins out here, they almost always announce like yeah if your car dies we have jumper cables yeah that's so funny that everybody's car died yeah it was hysterical to me and you know it's up there i don't know if you know of it up there but it's pretty tight i mean the way that you get in and out of calamigo's yeah. ranch there so you know i mean it, anyway it was funny but i'm excited to see what they do this year me um, too. because they do love outfest i actually I live somewhat close to it. I, I uh, where the DGA is over on Sunset, and I used to go to stuff over there. And I've had movies in it that I've cast or produced, and and I and I obviously being a part of the LGBT community, um, I appreciate what they do and the platform that they offer. So I'm excited to see. So you're are you saying that it this? Um, I'm sorry. Tell me again. It was uh, Ollie's on the Moon. Is that it's going to be shown this August? Yeah, it's going to be shown this August again. It was shown this this last time because they showed all the all the minute movie entries, um, but it'll be shown again in August, oh. which is really really cool. <laughs> and I'm assuming so. Will you promote stuff like that on your social media? Yeah, I'll I'll be promoting it. Um, What's through... your specific Brittany Campbell's uh, oh. social media? On Instagram, the best way to find me is always on Instagram yeah, at Brittany Campbell Music. Um, yeah, Brittany I have a bunch Campbell. of animations at, at Brittany Campbell Music. I have a bunch yeah. of animations. I got music up there. I got all all the creative things. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's such a necessary. That's why I asked you about that. And then at Mermaid dot band, correct? Yes, yes. At Mermaid dot band, those are important because it is sort of the way if what number one you can promote things but it's also a way to connect to people that you know you could put, post something and someone could be like oh my gosh this was so cute this animated video whatever you, you've done right? right and you had no idea you have no idea how much i needed this today you know it's such a direct contact with either a fan or somebody that's interested in your work so that's why i always ask what what social media handles are yeah it's definitely like amazing in that way honestly like as much as I feel trapped by Instagram, it has like kept me afloat. Like I've, I've met some amazing people in quarantine that I've collaborated with through Instagram. So yeah, it is amazing in that way. It is true. So now we've got the R and B, we've got the, um, you know, the short film in Outfest. What about the acting front? I know that it's been, tough obviously in covid um but are you i mean there was i think danielle was telling me something about you were in the the she's got to have it remake oh yeah 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 um (laughs) which i I love that movie yeah it's such a great uh, i mean spike lee is you know amazing um but yeah, being a part of the remake of one of my favorite movies is so cool i mean i don't know if you've watched the the series it definitely goes more into depth about like feminism about you know bisexuality you know about all the things so it was definitely cool to be a part of that story in this like recent time you know yeah was was spike a big part of it oh yeah you directed most of the episodes all the episodes good yeah yeah um so it was really crazy um working with him because he's such a 
a hands-on artist. I mean, you wouldn't really expect that. I mean, I didn't expect that from a, a big name director, but, um, you know, he really gets in there and he also has a deep love for just artistry in general. Like he, during production, he reached out to me and he was like, hey, like I also know that, which is, you know, crazy. But he was like, hey, I know that you're um, a visual artist too. Would you be interested in designing some jackets for the She's Gotta Have It launch? And so we did that together. It ended wow. up being a really great collaborative uh, relationship. Yeah. I think artists appreciate artists, though. Yeah, for sure. A, I think there's a, very, a big misnomer about there's a competition constantly or whatever. It's it's not really like that. I think it's it's a very much like you said, a collaboration. So I think that's great. Yeah, I, and, and that I, doesn't surprise me actually. He seems to me. I don't know why I've always liked him. I've always liked his movies, but he seems more approachable. I just watched a round table and they were all on zoom and I can't remember the other directors actually now, but I remember him being so poignant and speaking so well, but he just seems to me a little bit more approachable to say, well, what do you think about this? How about if you try it like this kind of thing, as opposed to some directors that are just so out there and big and you, you know, I mean, sort of intimidating. He doesn't seem that way to me. Yeah, he's kind of like, a, like there's something about him that still feels like guerrilla style, <laughs> like yeah. very hands-on, very like DIY for some reason. Yeah, um, yeah. Like he's he's very uh, rooted in his background. He's very like invested in, or it seems to me, he's very invested in young artists. And so I just found that to be really, really, really cool. Awesome. It is refreshing when you find that in other people. Because not everybody's like that, let me tell you. Some people are a little meh in this business. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, definitely, definitely have run across that and been like, oh, okay. I know. That's me the too. vibe. <laughs> I have, sorry, I'm not, not going to mention her name, but I cast a movie that I had put some really big actors in the room for. And the director was just hell bent on this one woman. And then finally, um, when it came down to production, she was horrible to deal with. Ugh. And I said, well, do you, you're sorry. What are you going to do now? You know? And it, it made, it just made the environment, the lack of a better word, suck. It's not like they, you know, if we have to be on a shoot for, let's say five days, 50 days, whatever it is, I mean, kindness costs you nothing. Just get along. You yeah, know? just get along, make yeah. the space a happy, loving space. Yeah. I think that's where the best work. I hate when like the environment is like such like, oh, we have to tear everybody down to make the the best, most gritty work. Like, no, babes. It's actually mm -hmm. like when the space is cultivated with love, like that's when the best shit happens. That's right. when the magic occurs. I agree. So, Amen to that. Right. Yeah. There. Well, let's let's circle back and just tell everybody everything. So it's um, um, mermaidband.com. Mermaidband.com. So you can check out the GoFundMe, donate, contribute, um, so that they can get this amazing, amazing album off the ground. Outfest is coming up this August, which will be Ollie's on the Moon, right? Yes. And, and they can go to like outfest.com and everything for those. Uh, yes, Outfest for all those everything. details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have a Spotify, correct? Yes. Your music? Yes. Okay. And is that um, if you just look up Brittany Campbell, I'll I'll pop up there. Um okay. the last album that I had, I mean, 
was in 2018. It's called Stay Gold. I'll be releasing some singles over the course of this year. I'm hoping, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping to release some sort of EP in 2022. But, you know, we never know. I'm writing. We're finding Ooh. it. Like we said in the beginning, who knows where the wind will blow us. Yeah, honestly. I hope that we're out of this. I hope that you get to perform for masses and masses, you and your girlfriend, Mermaid, all of it. I, I think, I think. look, I think now with vaccinations and things, I think we're getting closer. We're not there yet. But um, for, you know, for artistry's sake, I do hope that we get back there soon and that you get back on stage. Yeah, me too. I mean, I feel hopeful. I feel hopeful. Me too. I feel it in the winds. Me too. And this is actually the first interview that I've had, I've said that truthfully, and it's not. Really? It's just yeah. I don't know why. I think it just even in the last few weeks, I feel even more hopeful. So you know, it's like I just I I, I feel like I can see kind of the horizon. You know, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel, whatever that phrase is. You know, and so um, yes. So I feel like we're getting there. And then just the, the whole Wicked going back on. And then, you know, they're, they're going to try concerts at the um, end of the summer, somebody told me in L.A. Not that I'm a big concert person anyway, but that would behoove you and your career. So yeah. <laughs> I do hope everything gets back to normal. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brittany Campbell, for coming and chatting with me today. You've been lovely. Thank you so much for having me. You're yeah, awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. So again, at Brittany, give me your Instagram again. At Brittany Campbell Music, or you can just check me out at BrittanyCampbell.com and everything will link to where it needs to. And right. yeah. All right. Well, Brittany Campbell, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, everybody. Until next time. <laughs>